Hello and welcome to episode 9 of It's Just The One Podcast. Actually, my name is Jay. My name is Adam. This week it's a bit different. We're still in isolation, but um, we're sitting outside this week. So, long story short, Jake's recently moved, so we've been we've been quiet for a few weeks, but uh, we've decided with the new um, restrictions, we're going to sit outside, do this one a bit differently, and have a few drinks. So, bear with us, but it should be alright. Al fresco. Al fresco, yeah. We're going to... Uh, Look at the best films of 2014. For Fred Willard's character, may he rest in peace. You know, the, like the newsroom, like top top man, the boss. Yeah, and he's got like that right hand man. Oh, and then like he's like Ling Wong is giving birth, the yeah. and then that guy goes, "It's a big one." <laughs> we watched it last night recently. Um, <laughs> the poop, the poop that came out of your mouth. That's like the best bit. So funny. I would just say that wrong. And there's 300 very angry San Diegoites. San Diego Inns. San Diego Ones. San Diegans. San Diegans. San Diegans out in front of the station. They want Ron's blood. They want to hurt you, Ron. Ron, why did you say that? Why? Why, Ron? Why? You're my hero, Ron. Garth, I... You come out with stink like that. Poop. Poop mouth. Poop out of your mouth. Garth, if I were to give you some money out of my wallet, would that ease the pain? <gasps> I hate you, Ron Burgundy. I hate you. <laughs> Let's get into it. I did give try. It. I did try and start it. Then and we went into a little tangent about uh-huh. it. Come on. <laughs> give us, um, give us a film, Jake. Twenty fourteen. Um, give give you a film. Yeah. Start with um, one that was pretty good, but not like amazing. We'll go from from the bottom up on this one. Okay. Because we've got quite a few to get through. Uh, one that so one that isn't in me top five. Then oh, I know the uh, the Fury, the World War Two, the epic. Brad the Brad Pitt epic. Where he and it's quite a good cast actually. So it's Brad it is, Pitt, yeah. Shia LaBeouf, um, what's his name is in there? Isn't he from Punisher? Yeah, John Bernthal. John Bernthal. Oh, he's such a good actor. Um, and is it Logan Lerman? Isn't it as well? And he's like from the Maze Runner films. It's a great film. It's really, really well directed. Um, It's very like it's claustrophobic in the tank, and the battles are like quite intense because it's like tank on tank, isn't it? Yeah, I I watched this only like a few weeks ago, I think actually, because it's on Netflix. And um, so it's about like this tank troop, isn't it? And um, they're just like part of like this whole squadron and stuff, and part of the war, but they get. They end up getting like stranded, don't they, on their own? Yeah. Um, and it gets pretty intense. It's quite uh, quite heavy, actually, isn't it? It does get quite heavy towards the towards the end. It does. Brad Brad Pitt. Brad Brad Pitt gets a bad rap. <laughs> I like Brad Pitt. I like Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt's very talented actor. I just think he gets like categorized with like half robs and stuff like that. But he, he can actually act. No, he's he's uh, really good actually. But he's he's is especially good in this film. Um. Yeah, I I think I haven't seen it in a while. I've I remember being in university and 
me mate, um, shout out to Ian, <laughs> just lent us the DVD and I just threw it on one night and I thought, yeah, that was a belter film. But I'll definitely go back and re rewatch it. Um, no, it's, it's worth watching again. Like, yeah, I remember I was reading up on the film and Shia LaBeouf's in there, isn't he? Crazy Shia. He's crazy now. And so obviously in the war. You couldn't have a shower, really, could you? No, you were did. just like stuck with it. He didn't so have a shower. Sh- Shia LaBeouf with his great method acting. He didn't shower for the entire. <laughs> That's disgusting. The entire production of the no. film, the whole shooting schedule, he didn't have a single He's shower. Him. He is. He's fucking disgusting. The director went on to do Suicide Squad, didn't he? And that was shit. I switched it off halfway through. That, that that's not making our list when that comes around, but this one definitely. I really enjoyed Fury. It's well worth a watch. Yeah. Um, but sadly, doesn't make the the top five. Doesn't make such the cut. As, such as the the great year this this year is. It's the hardest year so far, isn't it? It is definitely. Yeah, now. definitely. Go on. Have you got one? I have, mate. Yeah. Uh, this one we went to see together in the cinema. Did we? It's a kids' film, and it's actually one of. My favourite films to put on, do you know, like when you don't want anything too heavy. You when, just want you're, like, when you're down, <laughs> and well, you yeah. just want to get cheered up. You just, you just want a bit of comedy. The Lego Movie. Oh, mate! What a fucking film! What a film! What a banging film! Absolute belter, mate. Doesn't make top five again, but oh, I love this film. It's very. Um, do you remember being in uni? And I think I don't know if you if you picked it, but I certainly did. I applied um, Marxism to the Lego Movie. Oh yeah. Um, because it's just full of it. It's like, oh, it is, yeah. it's full of, it's, so, it's quite clever how they've done it. So it's obviously Lego is a, it's a, it's capitalism, isn't it? It's basically yeah. a, a massive global um, brand. <laughs> and the whole idea of the film is like people rising up against cap- capitalism, but in essence, Lego is capitalism exactly. in itself. It's it's really, really good. It's well, it's well directed. It's absolutely hilarious. The animation's fantastic. The animation's really cool. I'm pretty sure there was something like all the lighting and stuff. It's like real life lighting. I'm not sure what it's called. It's been done in animation oh. before, but because it's obviously it's, it's I like didn't know that. It? Yeah, well, yeah, but so it's, they've got like all this like the stop motion, but then the the real life lighting that they've applied to it is that yeah. like makes it look so realistic. And yeah, it's fantastic. Them two it's directors. It's um, the two directors. Chris is it Chris Lord or something? I can't remember. They did Jump Street together, and they did um, uh, the Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs one oh, or yeah. two. They're so talented. They're really talented directors. They ended up doing. Um, they were going to do the Han Solo film, and then it got kicked out. Um, and they ended up doing that Into the Spider Verse film, the Spider Man one, oh, the animated yeah. one, which is just absolutely groundbreaking for animation. That's an amazing film. Um, but this the super talented and it it shows in this film definitely is a kids film, but it's well worth a watch. It's a kids film, but it's not necessarily targeted specifically for kids, is it? It's one of those. It's like I don't know. It's a toy brand. <laughs> no, no, you know what I'm saying. It's like it's not just for kids. I say like, it's a toy brand. I, I still build Le- well, yeah, Lego. People, you still get full, full grown men buying Lego, don't you? But love Lego. It's a kids film, but it's a uh, it's targeted for everyone. It's that's true. Yeah. It's a, a family film. That's it's what one for everyone. Absolutely banging film came out, doesn't it? Yeah, started off one of the best franchises ever, best franchises in many ways. Banging films, they cost next to nothing to make in the grand scheme of things, and they make an absolute fortune. And it it gave us uh, it gave everyone's favourite kung fu <laughs> actor a bit of big break back. So John Wick came out in 2014. Oh, there's three of them now. John Wick. The fourth. Um, Keanu Reeves returns. He's not a meme anymore. <laughs> he's still a meme, but he's 
less of a meme. He's cool again. Um, <laughs> he he never wasn't cool. He's we just went, he's we just went, misunderstood. We went to see John Wick three when it came out. Like was it last year or something? We went to see two and three. Didn't we did, we? yeah. But I remember when we wa- we were walking in to see John Wick three, and I was like, I've tried to avoid like as much as possible because I really want to enjoy this. <laughs> and then you were like, Oh no, John Wick four is like already happening. <laughs> I was like, And five. To be fair, I don't know how I didn't see it coming. Like of course, is the films cost like somewhere around like 50 60 million to make obviously that's an obscene amount of money but they come back with five six hundred million easily get wicked and everyone loves them he's so if you ever get a chat like on youtube there's um clips of keanu reeves and john wick training and he literally just throws himself into it yeah he does all his own he's like 55 now and Mm. he does all his own stunts um it's just it's fantastic john wick we watched john wick three literally two days ago yeah um and my girlfriend loved it. <laughs> so good. Um, and it is. It's. She said it was like, oh, that was over quick, because it yeah. is quite a quick film to watch. That's um, what I mean. It's not too much, is it? Like, no. They're like action packed, start to finish, but they're not trying to like take you on some ridiculous ride. It's like here's like ninety minutes, two hours. Just enjoy it. We're not trying to like force feed you like a not three try, hour. I tried to pull everyone's like, loads no. of like no absolute shit in between. Absolutely amazing film. Well worth watch. John Wick. I know the two directors ended up, so I know one of the directors ended up doing the other John Wick films, but I know the other one ended up going to do like Deadpool and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and I think all the stunts and stuff like that ended up going towards the Marvel films. Yeah. Um, similar to, to like, like helping the, out and like similar to like the, the raid. raid yeah. Um, it, it's just a case of Marvel like cherry picking all the best stunts and stuff yeah. like that. Why not when there's like films like just, oh, well, just yeah, an amazing film? That's what I mean. It's like the Marvel franchise got like from the place it started to where it did for for all the right reasons and like even small details like that, like picking stunt teams and stuff. Yeah, that's that's why the films became so good. And uh, yeah, we can move on to another Marvel well film worth. from here and jump into one of your picks. Oh yes, absolutely. One of your, one of your so favorites, so actually. so. Yeah, we recently did the, the 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 ranking of the MCU, didn't we? And I put this one fairly high because um, I actually do think it's one of the best MCU films they've made. I did, uh, well, I think it's the second best MCU film they've made. It is, of course, The Winter Soldier. Mm. Um, I'll try and like quickly brush over this one as quickly as possible because yeah. we've, we've spoke about it before. But um, I think this was the first film that actually... It sort of leveled up the MCU and took it to like. It sort of embraced the um, the idea that these films don't have to just be based on superhero films. They are, they can be a genre that is a movie genre that's in its own right sort of thing. Mm. So it, it's very much still a superhero film, but it's very much a um, it's a hark back to like them seventies political thrillers. Um, and it takes full advantage of that. It's absolutely amazing. Um, the, the cast is fantastic. Obviously, Chris Evans back as Captain America. Um, Sebastian Stan as Winter Soldier. Um, big Robert Redford is in it as well. Um, obviously, I'm, I won't spoil it if you haven't seen too much, but Robert Redford's in it. Um, Nick Fury comes back. Samuel Jackson. Absolutely fantastic film. Well worth a watch. Yeah, absolute banger. I mean... And it came seventh. I had a twenty-two on my Marvel list, but we won't go back into that. Jake will knock me out now that we're in person. Hundred percent. But um, no, it's a fantastic film. It's next on my uh, my list of Marvel films to rewatch. Actually, so looking forward to. 
another one I'm going to throw your way here. Go ahead. I saw this in 2015, but it did come out in 2014. Right. Um, it stars Batman himself. Oh, yeah. Um, the the only Batman, <laughs> which is Michael Keaton. Um, and it is Birdman. Yeah. Directed by um, the great Alejandro Inarritu. Mm-hmm. What a film. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest, I really do enjoy this film and I love I love the director. I think he's insane. Um I've only seen this once and I feel like that, that was enough at the time. Because <laughs> it's it's pretty intense like. So it's it's all well it's made out to be one take. It, isn't it? definitely falls into that category, I think, as yeah. a film fan is one of them that you just need to watch once and you just Yeah, and then revisit it when you when you revisit feel when you feel, it when you feel you need to exactly. It's not one of them. It's it's in a retail, I think has got uh, the Revenant as well. I I definitely mm-hmm. put in that category where yeah. I've got no itch to watch the Revenant yeah, anytime soon. <laughs> to be fair, but, I've seen that about seven or eight times. But I've seen it once, and I, I'm not itching <laughs> to go and watch it back. But I can still appreciate that it's an absolutely amazing yeah. film. It's the same for Birdman for me. Really, um, I think I've seen it twice, but it's absolutely fantastic. Michael Keaton, um, of course, a huge actor in the late 80s early 90s famously batman um for tim burton and um beetlejuice Mm -hmm. um very much a comedy actor before he became batman and then he sort of like skyrocketed after that but he he, this was sort of the 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 return what i liked about this film is that michael keaton had hardly been in anything for years and then this film is basically about it sort of relates back it, to him in a way, of, doesn't it? It's almost sort of um, well, it's not sort of um, autobiographical because it's not like obviously he didn't write it or anything, but it's very um, similar, sort of like mirrors his own thing. Like he got this his like, own career, this yeah. like failing character, and then the person playing him completely fits the bill. But um, now I know what you're saying. Like in the noughties. Michael Keaton started doing all like shitty horror films and stuff like that. He sort of <laughs> he sort of dipped away. Like I remember this film he was in called White Noise and I was obsessed with it when I was like ten. Oh my god, and it's I so shit. That film, like it's yeah. haunted by like a telly or something, but like Shocking. not like the ring, just like really bad. Remember um he did a Christmas film oh. and that was quite good. You're not talking about Jack Frost, are you? Jack Frost, yeah. yeah. Oh, Jack Frost, a banger. Jack but Frost, was, absolutely though, fantastic film, yeah. yeah. That was There's like another Michael one Michael Keaton. But obviously Michael Keaton, so he did Birdman and then he sort of like... um Came back after Scott that, and he ended, yeah, he? he ended up being in. Um, he ended up being in the MCU as the vulture. Yeah, come back he? into, come back into, uh, into a right comic book, it, and then he was back. Yeah, and he was absolutely fantastic as the one vulture. Of, one of the, the, the few actors to explore the MCU and DC. Yeah, but um, he did Spotlight as well, didn't he? I can't remember what year that came out. Spotlight, yeah, but that's about the whole scandal, isn't it? With the, that's uh, another one that I've just watched once, and I'm ever watching Mark Ruffalo in that. Mark Ruffalo is in there. Yeah, but the, I yeah. want to say Mark Ruffalo is. In but the, obviously, the, loads of like so we did uh, Birdman. There was quite a bit of Oscar buzz for that. But then he got cast straight away in this next film that absolutely raked it in at the Oscars. So it was a bit of a revival for him, wasn't it? He done a McDonald's film. <laughs> what? He done a McDonald's film called The Founder about the the man who founded McDonald's. Oh right. Um, I haven't seen it, but the trailer looks really <laughs> really good. Remember. I need to watch it. It looks it looks quite good. Birdman, absolutely fantastic yeah, watch film. It. Well worth a watch. Defo. Right. Moving on. Uh, let's go to... You've got one there. Which? which That I don't think should be... It's definitely one of my top fives. Well, and I've got it dropped down into the uh, 
the lesser section. Yeah. Why? Do you, not think, just... do you think it's better than all these? No. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so Jake's found the film and he thinks it should be in my top five but he agrees that Jake's, it's not, no Jake's found the it's film be, that Jake thinks is absolutely fantastic five. and then Jake's had a look at the other list that Adam's got and on the page and thought actually these films are really really good <laughs> um, I have done a list of my own um, and there are one or two that Adam hasn't put on 22 Jump Street yep. came out 2014 mm. it's just another belter film really I did think about this um, because the the reason I love it so much is the first one's so funny. It's it's like really hilarious. Funny. One of the comedies that stands out in the recent years, I think. Um, and then obviously the the troubled sequel, the second album type stereotype. Yeah. Um, and they just absolutely piss all over it and it's, smash it out the park. It's amazing. It's it's very good in how sort of self referential it is. That scene where um, <laughs> he finds out that he's sleeping with <sighs> the captains. Yeah. If if you want oh to see Ice Cube God. and Jonah Hill go to war with each other, then yeah, that's he's, putting nice the he's putting the stab He's putting the stab fest. He's like, why are you putting the stab fest? <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. Twenty two Jump Street. Um, no, hilarious. I'll quite. I've got a couple on this list here. I kind of. I'll, I'll. There's not much I want to really say about them other than they're Just really good films. Uh, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Um, we brushed up on that on the yeah. MCU one. Yeah, fantastic film. Really, really, really good film. Mm-hmm. Well worth a watch. Oh. What? Um, what have I missed? Nightcrawler. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, I remember, like, I saw the trailer for Nightcrawler and stuff, and I was like, this looks really cool. Like, yeah. right up my street, like, proper mm. creepy, weird shit. Mm. Um, and then I didn't get around to watching it for years, and I watched it, and I really enjoyed it. But I just, I'm not saying it's a bad film. I think it's a really good film. I just don't think it makes it on here. No, it doesn't make it on it's the list. It's a really difficult year. Absolutely. It doesn't make it on the list, but I, I think it's definitely worth a shout out. Is that it's, it's such a, um, he's so, it, it falls in that category for me of Jake Gyllenhaal just being an absolute fucking talented bastard yeah, of insane. an actor. He's he's, he's absolutely unreal. I think th- there's an interesting fact that I just want to get out with this one. So I think Jake Gyllenhaal did um, two films in 2014 yeah. into 2015. One of them was Nightcrawler. Mm. If you watch Nightcrawler, he, he weighs barely nothing. He just looks like he's so skinny, so creepy. Yeah. Um. He he just he, he lost loads of weight for it. His next film, and he literally shot it back to back, was um a boxing film called oh, Southpaw. They and he is they really abs- that close. He was he yeah he's, he's in, like he's heavyweight in he's in heavyweight condition in that I remember film. seeing the trailer for that he literally well, trained to be huge. a boxer for that film he's in oh, unreal yeah. condition for Southport he just looks like an absolute brute he filmed them back to back yeah Nightcrawler you won't have a hankering properly to watch it anytime soon after you've watched it once no, no. but it's well worth a watch one, ta- one time around it's, yeah, just it's, uh, it's fantastic take, take the consideration that it's weird <laughs> and just keep reminding yourself about that as you're watching it so we've got um, one that isn't on your list there, Kingsman. Same, um, yeah. I feel the same situation with... Um, it's the same as Nightcrawler, where it just Nightcrawler, doesn't... Nightcrawler, yeah, like, I, f- I love it. I fucking love it, but... Doesn't, doesn't, it doesn't fit onto this list because of come such a good to year. Tenders, I'm afraid. Um, it's a proper Burnley, mate. But it's... But, <laughs> but it's... <laughs> it is. It's it's great. It's a really, really good film. Um, obviously, Tara Negerton is first... Mm. I think it's his first film. First major uh, role. First major role, yeah. anyway. And um, Colin Firth... Um, 
in, in a role that we've never seen Colin Firth do before, where he's just going around shooting people. Yeah, like I feel like he's been um, trapped in this rom-com box for 20 yeah. years and he's 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 just broke out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's just breaking his, breaking his shell. Um, it's a fantastic film. Really, really well directed. Matthew Vaughan. Mm. Um, he done the Kick-Ass film. Yeah. Yeah, really well directed. A good, strong cast. Samuel Jackson's in it. Um, just a really cool, like... It reminds me a lot of the like the the cheesy Bond films, well, yeah, um, with with a hint of kick ass and that ultra violent aspect yeah, yeah. of of these sort of films. Um, that's what it, they did. It's I fantastic, suppose, wasn't it? These sort of like um, I feel like particularly the nineties Bond films. Absolutely, the like Pierce Brosnan one. The incorporation of modern technology yeah. that's feasible. Yeah. Then they've gone right. Okay, let's sort of reimagine this spy genre this British spy genre and mate the, fir- the first Kingsman is unbelievable they knock out the park the second one is meh oh the second one too apart from meh. the weird Elton John cameo nah not into not into the second one but um, first one's a belter well the, worth the, watching the three bed scene in the church in, oh. in the first Kingsman oh. alone puts it's this, well worth this film watch. in, in just the contenders like um, still only mid-table but still mid-table still, <laughs> still just a burning <laughs> Sean Dyche. Um, nice to Burnley. Sean you know. Dyche bar- <laughs> <laughs> Sean Dyche's Barmy Kingsman Army. There's two here that I think can easily be interchangeable into the top five. Right. Um Okay. Because they're absolutely fantastic films. Okay. We'll start with Edge of Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it, I remember going to see Edge of Tomorrow not being a Tom Cruise fan and coming away a Tom Cruise fan. I mean, that was the film where that changed, that changed my opinion, Tom Cruise. Imagine how I felt going in as a Tom Cruise fan. <laughs> so, Edge of Tomorrow is basically Tom Cruise dying Groundhog a Day. lot. Like, literally Groundhog Day. A gruesome Groundhog Day for Tom it's Cruise. It's a sci-fi war film with it's Groundhog insane. Day. It's absolutely fantastic. Emily Blunt's in there as well. I can, and she's unbelievable. She's unbelievable. She's an amazing shape. She's, she looks. She looks like she, she look. She looks like she's about to tap someone out in MMA. She's like fucking poor John Krasinski. Whatever his name, he must have been she beat around. Been, she must he must have, him he must have bench, benched him every morning. He got battered around the bedroom. I reckon. <laughs> I reckon he loved it as well. Uh, Tom um, Cruise is probably there for moral support. Though. Tom Cruise is just the, yeah. Um, no, um, oh, just fantastic. Edge film. Tomorrow. Remember Edge the first time I watched it. I didn't really have high expectations. I was like. Not like I am a Tom Cruise fan. I think he's a. I think he's a very good actor. I know he does a lot of action, but I think his commitment to his job, yeah, is like literally second it's to unpa- none. It's unparalleled, really. But I remember going into it not thinking like I'm gonna love this or anything like that. I was like, I'll watch there's, it because it looks cool. Oh mate, I was fucking absolutely blown away. There's two things with the with the action actors when they start to try and act, and it's I, I put them into like two sorts of categories and Tom Cruise is in the good category of that mm. he does the action films but he can also act as well yeah, yeah. and the other people are like Sylvester Stallone <laughs> mm. um, Sylvester Stallone can sort of act actually I'm doing Sylvester Stallone a disservice there well Sylvester Stallone can Vin, sort of Vin Diesel in the, in the Rocky film Sylvester Stallone can act Vin Diesel definitely falls into that over category like you remember that film The Pacifier um, oh my god like when you were eight Jesus that Christ. shit was like lost but you're watching no. you're watching some Fucking baldy, steadhead, bounce around, trying to be funny. Vin Diesel's two best roles are Groot, and <laughs> where he's just the voice, Triple and X. the Iron Giant, where he's just the voice. Triple X, nah, Triple X is shit. Nah, Triple X is shit. 
Triplex is wank. <laughs> right. Iron Giant, where he's just the voice of the giant. Wait, is he, is he the Iron Giant? Yeah, yeah. He's the Iron oh, Giant's really? voice. Superman. And I watched that the other so, day. So, I watched that the other, last last weekend. I watched. Yeah. woke up at like 8 o'clock and thought, I want to watch the Iron Giant. And I oh. put the Iron Giant on to start my day. And I was an emotional wreck for the rest of the Mate, day. It's literally... I last, I last saw the Iron Giant in your recent recommendation of... Uh, Ready Player One. Oh, mate. Fantastic. Like, uh, Jake Jake bigged it up to me. He put, like, the final nail in the coffin, and inside the coffin was me deciding whether to watch this film. <laughs> and I watched it, and it's so sick. Like, if you like... If Did you, you like, like it, yeah. If you like cool things... If you in, <laughs> No, no, I'm not just saying that in a bad way. I'm like, if you, basically, if you're a bit of a nerd... It's your film. You're really going to like it, and if yeah. you're not, it's still pretty cool. It's a good film. It's just like, if you're not a nerd, you're going to get, like, 60% of the references, and if you're a nerd... Depending on how we're going in a there little, you are, you'll get. I'm like happy a, to go on a little Ready Player One tangent here. Oh no, it's, it's a very awesome. It's, it's a very it's underrated awesome. film. It's, it's very really cool. It's really cool. It's well directed, and it's just Spielberg all over. It's a nice little throwback. It's a boss film. To like, it's just, it, I think the reason I enjoyed this so much is because like, it's like set in this dystopian world. I'm not saying the current climate is that bad, but it's pretty shit. Like yeah. before, like yeah, lockdown currently, restrictions. Yeah, 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 yeah were eased it was a really sort of shitty difficult time yeah and then you watch these characters who live in a, a worse world so it's quite relatable yeah but then you get this escape and it's like that's just so fucking awesome it's, it's sort of just what you need it's cinema in a way it's, it's cinema cinema offers an escapism to everyone exactly. that watches a film and it just it puts that on screen it basically says this is yeah. this is what just, you go to watch this is what you what this is why about. you go to the movies yeah. basically it, it's it's fantastic, absolutely brilliant That's film. Awesome. And obviously, going back to what we just said, the Iron Giant is in Ready yeah. Player One. He, he comes in, he gets a nice big fight scene, doesn't he, with yeah. um, Mecha Godzilla, which yeah. is just yeah, I insane to me to say. Godzilla, and I forgot about it. And then when it showed up, I was like, "What the fuck?" Amazing, <laughs> it's awesome. isn't it? Yeah. But um, going back to what you said, about, little tangent there. So Vin Diesel, ago. Vin Diesel, just like yeah. <laughs> about so four days ago, Vin, Vin Diesel falls into parts, that voiceovers. Of voiceovers, he falls into that category. Arnie falls into that category. Um, as much as I love Arnie, he can't act. But certainly, um, Tom Cruise definitely just falls into the other well, side I think where he just he can do both roles. Boss, mate. I'm glad you've come round because remember you used to take the piss out of me for liking Top Gun in uni. And Top I still Gun, don't like Top Gun. Top Gun's a phenomenal film. I still film. don't like Top Gun. Top but Gun, it goes Top back Gun to what I was saying before. Brad Pitt, I'd say, would fall into this role as well. Mm. Brad Pitt can do the mm. action film and can do the acting. Um, yeah, He's different class, Tom Cruise. Um and he's getting on a bit now, and he's gonna have to. Yeah, no, he's mid. He's like Keanu Reeves age, but he's still doing day. his own stuff. I seen it. Yeah, yeah, yes. I seen the other day that he's um, he's had to like sort of rein in the uh, the stunts or something. Yeah, his body or someone's told him to rein in the stunts, but he's just agreed to do another two Mission Impossible films, yes. which makes no fucking yes. sense. A little another tangent here. If you haven't seen the Mission Impossible films, I'm just gonna say it. The most underrated film franchise. Well, yeah, I feel like the, the, Ever. the, the early ones, the sort of like because they're a bit dated. People go, "Oh yeah, I remember them. They're pretty good." And then because there's so many of them, people have sort of lost interest. Sort of, I suppose, like me with the Fast and Furious franchise. Exactly. But I know they're shit. Let me go over um, the directors of Mission Impossible just briefly. Good. Number one, Brian De Palma. Number two, John Woo. Number three. J.J. Abrams, number four, Brad Bird, and I think five and six were directed by um, Chris McGee, 
um, but he is now like took over basically official mm. control of Mission Impossible, so he's basically writing this whole story out yeah. for the Mission Impossible films, and he's doing a fantastic job. The last two Mission Impossible films are absolutely insane, well worth a watch. I feel Tom Cruise tangent here as well. Yeah, that's we're fine. Just few, full of tangents this po- podcast. Uh, well, we're in the sun having a few drinks. It's gonna it's gonna go off a bit, but nice and chilled anyway. I think the Mission Impossible films hang on like a knife edge of being dreadful. Absolutely. But they do it well. Simple game. Is he serious? Always. This whole operation was a decoy. I can understand you're very upset. You've never seen me very upset. This tape will self-destruct in five seconds. So, moving on from our little Tom Cruise loving, the next film that I think can easily be interchangeable into the top five is Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Mm-hmm. Um, the second film in the um, Planet of the Apes, like the reboot franchise, yeah. um, on Andy Serkis as Caesar. Um, I think this film is absolutely extraordinary i think it's the whole franchise i think stands out so much in it's modern cinema. It, it does it's it's a it is a blockbuster but it could easily i feel like these films could easily fit in at the oscar season well yeah because th- they're just so like full of drama and the, the technology um, that goes into them is like literally yeah when they were made they couldn't be any better yeah it's like pristine to look at that Andy Serkis carries the franchise. If it was someone else doing mocap or exactly, like, yeah. you know, like CGI, they wouldn't. They wouldn't. Ju- they'd still be good, but they wouldn't have that edge. And I think um, the motives in the the plot are so like pure. It's not like a throwaway narrative. It's absolutely like absolutely not. It's all it's all relevant and yeah. The obvious things with these films would be that you can, like Adam said, you can double down on the CGI and make it look absolutely fantastic. But they wouldn't be as good as they are if it wasn't, as Adam said, the narrative. The the story for these films are absolutely fantastic. There's some of the best storytelling I think I've seen in such a long time, especially for blockbuster films. As Adam said, Andy Serkis, it just wouldn't work without Andy Serkis. Um, I think especially this film, and especially I think this film sort of made me think he, he should get nominated mm. for an Oscar. I think... The third film, War of the Planet Apes, when we come to talk about it in twenty seventeen, I will go on a ta- I will go on a tangent and say he should have not just been nominated for an Oscar, he should have won an Oscar. I think especially the third film, his performance in that and the CGI and the narrative is just it just leaves one of the greatest blockbuster films I've ever seen. It's apt the third film is is fantastic. Yeah. That's not to say that this film isn't good. This film mm. tees up the third film. This film, you have to see this film to, to get the third film. It's absolutely fantastic, Dawn Upon the Apes. It's, it doubles down on what made the first one so popular. Um, Obviously, more CGI for the apes, more more people acting as apes, but they get the right act, it, the right yeah. actors to play the apes. There's, there's one in there. Um, Koba, I think his name is, is, is the villain. Tony, Toby Kebbell. Toby Kebbell so is Koba. He's his mate in the first one. In the first one, he's and sort he, of his mate. He turns against him. And then he's, oh, and he's an unreal actor. He's in Dead Man's Shoes. Yeah. He plays Paddy Considine's um, disabled brother. Yeah. In Dead Man's Shoes. Toby like, Kebbell, mate. To see him go from that 
role in that from from a like mm. gritty British drama, and then he's like fucking so pretending to be an ape next on the circus. He plays the villain in the second in mm. the Dawn of Planet of the Apes, Cobra, who is also a, a chimp like <laughs> Caesar, but you chimp, you chimp, but he is so absolutely so so amazing about it, how he comes across on the screen, what they do with him. The, the narrative it's one of them as well where I always like a villain where you can see where they're coming from and you can sort yeah. of root for the villain sort of yeah. thing but also at the same time root for the protagonist you, you don't you can see where they're both coming from you, 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 it's it's absolutely fantastic yeah. it really is excuse the fucking seagulls on a mad one um, wow well, you fucking yeah <laughs> yeah birds <laughs> um, it's mad though when, when you see the behind the scenes of these films and it's like the commitment that they're going to for Absolutely. the mo Like, yeah, they got like um, crutches, didn't they, to extend they their arms? They have crutches so, so they, they can, can run. walk on all fours. Yeah, so they can run along the, along the um, to make it authentic and stuff. They they have crutches and stuff that Mate, the speed yet on them crutches. Mate, madness. There's a thing. I think he goes on like uh, is it the Graham Norton show and he's like showing them off and yeah. he's just like he's going yeah. all about the show. Like <laughs> <laughs> he's all like, he's climbing everywhere. <laughs> he's like. He's absolutely amazing on this air. And then ironically, like, didn't he come he out on crutches yeah. when he got his BAFTA? <laughs> he did. <laughs> Wasn't fucking flying about. He got like a lifetime achievement, didn't he, for a BAFTA? I think still think he should get nominated for an actor one. Yeah. Um, obviously, he's going on to do more director work now, Andy Serkis. Mm. So he's doing, um, or oh, sorry, he completed a Jungle Book film that I think went to Netflix. Um, I, I was at one the same year as I haven't actually Big seen Jones. that one. Yeah, I haven't seen that one yeah. yet. Um, um, but he's currently doing um, the sequel to Venom, which I don't know how he's that's directing. Be. That? He's doing Venom too. Oh, okay, yeah, cool. so I'm quite excited about that because I expect the CGI to be a lot better than what it was mm. in the first one if he's on board. Didn't really enjoy um, the first one, to be honest. I didn't. I didn't. Not at all. Just a bit weird, um, it? We'll see what the trailer's like for the second. But anyway, yeah, Dawn. Dawn of Planet of the Apes. Um, the Planet of the Apes franchise as a whole is one of the best franchises yeah. of the past ten years. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'd say. Is, is, is the best. I, I, I know we've toyed with the idea of potentially doing an episode where we discuss trilogies as a whole yeah. and just sort of try and rank them yeah. or like just at least discuss them. Yeah. And I think that's going to be right up there. It's going to be top sure. five easily because sure. yeah, it yeah. doesn't have a weak entry. It doesn't. No, no. It, no. it just built it as any good franchise should. It just builds mm. and builds. Um, yeah. And the conclusion is absolutely fantastic. Oh, the the third <laughs> film is just. Gee, I've got, it's one of them the first film is that I don't watch it that much it's uh, I get the same for the Infinity War and Endgame um, for the Batman films the Dark Knight films um, for Interstellar is that I I don't watch the films that much because I want to appreciate them when I rewatch exactly War Upon the Apes I've only actually seen I think twice yeah since it's come out I think I've only seen it twice yeah it's Every time it's just sat with me for about a month after yeah. I've watched it, it's I just, absolutely I, amazing. I just always remember that that like shot, that sequence where they're all like riding the horses in the snow. Mate, oh, the, the CGI in the film is unbelievable. We're, go, we're talking more about War than Dawn here. <laughs> Dawn is absolutely fantastic, well worth a watch. It doesn't make our top five, unfortunately. Well, the, I think the reason it's in here is because as as a trilogy, we, we love the trilogy so much. Um, I, th- I think we mentioned Rise, didn't we, in 2012, was it? Yeah. 11 or 12? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, now we move into the big boys. Now, <laughs> the we, big we've, boys. We've, we've gone, the o- gone over these enough, but now we're into the big ones. Like, there's a film here. <laughs> um, 
it's all about the films, isn't it, mate? There's a film here directed and starring John Favreau. Yeah. Everyone loves John Favreau, whether you know it or not. I haven't seen this film, so this film is going to be sold to me by Adam. Right, so, 2014, John Favreau has established the MCU. Yeah. He's done that. He's moved on, mate. He's getting he's getting the uh, all the big books in for this film. So, the film follows a guy who's recently divorced. Oh no, this is where it comes. This is where it's quite funny, actually. John Favreau is not the most attractive fella, is he? No. He's lovely. He's lovely. He's a lovable he's guy, talented, like. But he's not yeah. very attractive. No. Guess who he cast as his ex-wife? <laughs> right. Have you seen Modern Family? Does this fall into like the Kevin James thing? Have you, have you ever Pretty watched? Much, a, yeah. Have you ever watched a Kevin James yeah, yeah. film? Always look at Kevin James' wife. Yeah, yeah. It's like it, Will Ferrell and uh, the other guys. It is. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, John Favreau, his ex-wife, he casts uh, Sofia Vergara from Modern Family. Of course he does. And uh, guess who he casts for his love interest? Who? Scarlett Johansson. Of course he does. So, um, I mean, he's allowed because he's insanely talented. But anyway, they're in the film. John, how the fuck do you say his name? The mechanic from John Wick, and he's in... He's in uh, Yes, I know his he's name. In, he's uh, in the Romeo and Juliet. Ooh. John Leguizamo, something like that. I'm really sorry, that's wrong, but um I only, John yeah. Leguizamo. No, I'm stopping. John John <laughs> John. John. Um Mexican John. Mexican John. Um so he's a chef in a res- high high up Michelin star restaurant. Okay. Dustin Hoffman is the restaurant manager. The source I don't know if he's the maitre d' or the owner or whatever. Right, okay. Um and John Favreau wants to make his own menu. Right. Um, doesn't let him do it, gets pissed off, and he makes a chocolate lava cake, which <laughs> is essentially a chocolate brownie with like a molten middle, like there's melted chocolate in the middle, and a food critic comes in, kicks off, and he says, that's the worst chocolate lava cake I've ever had. Wow. John Favreau goes into meltdown in wow. the middle of the restaurant, gets sacked subsequently, and then he goes on a on a mad one. He, so he's jobless, just split from his, his wife. Yeah. And there's a kid involved as well. He's yeah, got son, yeah. like eight years old. Obviously, yeah, yeah. So he buys a uh, a food truck. As you would. And he gets his mate, Mexican John. Mexican John, yeah. <laughs> he leaves the restaurant for him. He helps him do up the van. And he just drives around America making food and selling it out of the oh, truck. Oh, nice. And um, honestly, if you're on a diet. Is it based on a true story? No, no. It's Oh, it's just fresh John's fantasy origi- original yeah well yeah obviously um, <laughs> food and women yeah um, <laughs> so you follow him around this country and he takes his kid at one point so it's it's really it's like a it's like a father son sort of thing like a man trying right. to find his journey through get, yeah. hard times and it's very yeah. family orientated very American but um, so John Favreau got trained by professional chefs to be able to make sure everything he was doing in the film looked authentic. Oh, wow. And he still does it now. There's a series on Netflix called Something Chef. Yeah. There's three seasons now where he goes around with the guy who trained him, who's called Roy. Oh, really? And they just get random celebrities on and cook food. Oh, and it's nice. awesome. Like, if you're on a diet, though, don't watch it because they make Cubanos. And ever since me and Sophie have made Cubanos two, three times More a Cubanos. month. Cubanos. So you have to get this certain bread. We never get the bread because we can't get it and you have to make it. So right. Cuban bread. Right. Um, you get the bread. It's like sort of like a baguette, like a sub, like a subway shaped bread that okay. size. You put mustard on one side, mayo on the other. Yeah. You get these really nice meats. We don't eat meat anymore, but we get the alternatives. Shit, <laughs> it used to be so good. Uh, you get the meat, <laughs> the cheese, and then you butter the bread both sides. You put it in a frying pan. Oh my god! Well, you're supposed to use a sandwich press, but who's buying a sandwich oh press these days? Oh my god! <laughs> and then you can steam it so it melts a bit quicker. Oh and then once god, it's toasted mate. and the cheese is melted, you take it out and you cover it in salt, and you've got a crispy, mate. cheesy, meaty, mustardy mayo butty. 
that's just one thing they make, mate. It's unbelievable. That sounds um, amazing. Yeah, chef. I absolutely love it. I've seen it about a hundred times because <laughs> I just, I, I'm really into cooking and I love watching them cook and I love John Favreau. Fantastic film. Really, really, really. You really sold it to it. me there. Yeah, yeah, watch the series Fair as enough. well, mate. It's fantastic. Fair enough. Get Seth Rogen on. He just makes he just get high and make a load of cookies and stuff. It's <laughs> um, but yeah, chef, banging film. Next one for me is a horror, which is mm. um, rare for me because obviously it's well known I'm a wimp um, it's okay mate however <laughs> it's okay but um, it follows mm-hmm. I love it fantastic you, you know me I'm super super into uh, horror you films you are yeah it feels like Stephen King wrote the film mm. um, straight from like a Stephen King sort of novel even though yeah. he hasn't um, it's very 80s inspired um uh, the basic premise of it is that um, she has sex, doesn't she? This, 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 this. Right. This so, j- we'll we'll explain what it is, but it sounds awful. But it really, does sound really it's not, awful. It's essentially a sexu- sexually transmitted ghost. <laughs> that sounds terrible, but <laughs> honestly, it's terrifying. So, um, people are haunted by this. It's a ghost, isn't it? It's a ghost. It's like a demon, isn't it? Or an like, entity. We'll I don't know what entity. it is. It's an entity. I like that. So people I like haunted, that word. People entity. are haunted by this entity. Entity. And it haunts you until you have sex with someone. Yeah, and then it and passes, then it passes, it passes on. on to them. That sounds really bad. And I don't know how I don't know how uh, the director pitched this to get the fucking money <laughs> to make it on that on that basis. But um, it's I think he pitched something else, and then he yeah, just yeah. went. And made that. Yeah. It's fucking terrifying. So basically, you're haunted by this uh, entity. It sort of haunts you in the shape of naked people yeah. that are close to you. Yeah. So it's really disturbing. Yeah. But only you can see them. And they're just like walking towards you. Yeah. They, it's like Mike Myers vibes yeah. in the original Halloween. They don't run or they anything. It's just like yeah, literally follow, yeah. slowly the title. Follows. It follows. There we go. That's how we describe and if it. it, catches, it. What does that? What happens if it catches you? Oh, it fucking destroys you, mate. Does you? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, I think it just kills you in a really violent, possibly sexual way. Poss- definitely sexual. Um, so it starts off with this girl, and she's on a date with this guy, and they sleep together in the back of his car. Yeah. And then he he fucks her off, basically, because he's, yeah. he's passed it on. And she's haunted, and she starts seeing really creepy things. And there's one scene in the film that literally, like, I know people say, oh, it gave me shivers and all that, but, like, this, like, me ass, me ass went when I seen this. <laughs> um... They're like in the room, in a room, in their friend's house, and she sort of got everyone to like sort of semi believe what's oh, happening yeah, to her. Yeah, yeah. And the door breaks down. Yeah. Well, there's like banging on the door. Yeah. And then their mates like, "There's no one out there." And she opens the door. Her friend opens the door of the girl who's being haunted, and this like seven foot fella, yeah, with no eyes and his cock out, yeah, like walks through. But he comes out of a shadow and he like bends under the doorway it's, and looks straight into the camera. It's horrible. Semi west, and you know what? I think it's. I don't know if it's based on anything or anything like that, but <laughs> it's quite an original idea, I think. Um, it's very original. Sort of only the person affected it, can see the ghost, and it plays on oh, them. Creepy. It plays on them classic horror tr- tropes of um, virginity and oh yeah, like having sex. And yeah, basically, like if you have sex, you're gonna die. Basically, yeah. Um, yeah. It's amazing film. Well worth watch. It's always weirdly. It's always on BBC Two, um, <laughs> which it's like it's like the least BBC film ever. 
but BBC <laughs> Two, BBC BBC Two, sort of like it. Um, amazing, honestly, yeah, well worth a watch. Um, well, give it a watch. Yeah, One of my favorite horror films, actually. Yeah, right. Let's From here on. on in, we sort of have the same. Well, we definitely do yeah, have the same. This is the, top all these the same boys. These are the, we both have a mutual agreement, which, which is rare. Well, I'll let you pick. Pick one. Let's go with. Should we go with Interstellar? Because I feel like we've talked mm. about Interstellar before. Okay, yeah, we'll brush over it. We'll brush over very, it, and then we'll uh, get into the other three very nicely. Um, so Interstellar, twenty fourteen, obviously. <laughs> is all I have to say about Interstellar. It is next level. Is Christopher Nolan's crowning jewel. It mm. is. Um, it is him riding into the sunset on the back of his oh. Batman franchise, <laughs> Inception, and basically him Hollywood saying to him. What do you want to do? And him doing whatever he wants. It's his. Yeah. It's his freedom film. It's mm. his big. Spielberg has one. Scorsese probably had one. It's it's that it's that film that breaks him from um, his studio shackles, sort mm-hmm. of thing, where he can basically go off and do whatever he wants. Um, it's absolutely incredible. Yeah. Um, I mean. So 2014, me and Jake were in our our second year of uni. Yeah, we went to see this film. Um, I think I might have said this on the on the the podcast. I think before, we mentioned it. I was absolutely dying for a piss, <laughs> excruciating pain, and then the film started. It's about three hours. Um, doesn't feel like it. Um, and the film happened. Forgot all about my uh, exploding bladder. <laughs> and the film ended and we sort of looked at each other like what have we just witnessed and then I stood up and I got like halfway up and I was like keeling over because I was about to piss myself that much like I think I pissed for about like 47 minutes afterwards ah. it was that bad <laughs> but like the fi- basically the film has the power to overtake your body's control on your bladder it's an amazing um, film yeah well on a more serious note um, I mentioned this to Jake before we started recording I've only ever rated five films a ten yeah ten out of ten and if something comes up that's that's better um, I'll replace it and the most recent example was uh, I took I took Pulp Fiction out of my top ten and replaced it with 1917 <laughs> um, but Interstellar's in there as yeah. a ten out of ten film the soundtrack from Hans Zimmer is unbelievable rotated heavily on Spotify mm. um, Matthew McConaughey don't really like him, but he's <laughs> superb in this film. I like Matthew Mahonahe. <laughs> Mahonahe. Mahonahe. Yeah. Just yeah. because he he's like he went through like a renaissance because <laughs> mm. he was like typecast as this well, yeah. like basic like rom com, <laughs> wasn't he? And then he just like it was the, like the early 2010s, wasn't it? And then the McConaughey's <laughs> happened. I like that. The McConaughey's. Trademark that, mate. And he just like sort of... It was like it was Magic Mike, I reckon, was the film that he just like literally... And then he just sort of broke out into this like... Yeah. Well, he did... Um, huge Hollywood actor, didn't Dallas he? Dallas Buyers Club, didn't he? Uh, that. I think that was 13. Yeah. And then he'd done um, Interstellar, obviously, what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, and he's done a few, uh, and he's on one that we're shortly going to talk about as well, um, briefly. But he sort of like b- broke out, didn't he? He did. Um, 
and become this it basically he elevated himself i don't want to say to leonardo dicaprio standards but he, he was he he's in, he, he, he's in the same he's he certainly if he's definitely in the same ballpark he could, yeah. wave to he, could, he could wave to leo you don't know if he could touch leo but definitely wave to him um but um absolutely incredible film interstellar matt damon pops up randomly at one bit yeah. and i remember turning to adam in the middle of the cinema going is that matt damon <laughs> um and then getting a northern agreement <laughs> five minutes later. Yeah. <laughs> um, the cast is fantastic. The the the, the storytelling. Michael Caine is back for, for his paycheck. <laughs> we missed this before. He's in Kingsman, isn't he? And it, and that's yeah, not Christopher Nolan. Really I know he just like sort of like. Uh, I think Christopher Nolan had the words with Matthew Vaughan and just was like, favor, "Listen, mate. I'm not doing a film for." <laughs> For a bit, he got he got two paychecks though in 2014, which is mad for Michael Caine. Yeah. Could shop in Tesco instead of Aldi. Um, <laughs> um, Interstellar. Interstellar. It, the storytelling's amazing. The, the storytelling actually is just mind-boggling. Oh, yeah. It's just like uh, who comes up with that? Um, well, as Adam said, <laughs> Christopher Nolan and his fucking handsome, absolutely John. amazing. Um, Hans Zimmer sort of goes in on this well. Mm. Um, fantastic! It's it's just high concept filmmaking at its finest. It's just it's a complete film. Brilliant. You can't pick anything out of it. I don't think. No, that's what I'd say anyway. I think it's it's a complete film. As in, it's every definitely one of them. In truly unbelievable. Twenty years time will be looked at as one of the best films ever made. Yeah, um, and the science of it as well. Yeah, like a lot of the stuff that happens in the film is is possible yeah or, or at least feasible and that's just really cool we, we've mentioned the, all the details on a different episode amazing but yeah it's watch stellar. It stellar if you haven't seen it definitely worth your watch. life will change we're not meant to save the world we're meant to leave it and this is the mission we were trained for i've got kids professor get out there and save them I have no idea when you're coming back. I'm coming back. We must reach far beyond our own lifespans. We must think not as individuals, but as a species. We must confront the reality of interstellar travel. Let's go. Um, we'll go Grand Budapest Hotel. <laughs> so, Wes Anderson drops this absolute bang. Wesley. <laughs> Brother um, Wesley. So, Wes Anderson. To be fair, I did a bit of research before this. He's not done that many films. Wes, no. You could count all the films he's done on two hands. Yeah. I know the expression's one hand, but... I feel like the only reason Wes Anderson has done that many films is because I feel like it takes Wes Anderson nine years to do a film because he just wants everything framed perfectly. Wes Anderson's symmetry is like... Oh, my God. ...an OCD person's wet dream. Oh, my God. If you've never seen a Wes Anderson film before, firstly, what the fuck are you doing? (laughs) And secondly, they are basically... 
it takes the concept of every frame in a film has to be perfect to a whole new level. It, it, it It's basically every single frame, every single second of his films are meant to be picturesque. Like they've just been painted. Yeah. Um, he's... Well, have you ever seen his storyboards? Along, no. Alongside, there's a, I've seen a few, a few things on Twitter and like his original storyboards alongside the finished product and you won't believe like the difference is so small from what he originally what? plans out. Like he knows what he wants and I think you're right, that's why he takes so long to make a film. Like he spends his whole he just knows. his whole day, like every year for years, planning it down to a T and he goes, Right, he's amazing. I've done all the hard work. Yeah. He's he's just fantastic, isn't he? He's mm. he falls into definitely falls into that category of directors who um who can just go out and do their own thing in the way that all his films are exactly it's he's got a distinct style he doesn't change from it that's what he wants um he's done a few any and he's he's sort of like even his animation films follow the same trend as his live action films isle of dogs was unbelievable and the casting that like he's sort of like a tarantino type when it comes to casting it like he's he's got his main punches And then he just brings in names out of nowhere, and you're like, "Fucking hell, mate!" I reckon he just opened his phone book and just done oh, yeah. dial all. I reckon he just had the massive Zoom yeah, yeah. call. He's got a film coming out this year. It's meant to come out in like towards the end of the year. I don't know if it will Hopefully. come out on time. And I took a look at the cast before, so he's got some new names in there. Got that uh, Timothy Chalamet. Timothy Chalamet. Yeah. Chalamet. I'm like Um He's a good actor, Timothy Chalamet. I seen him in a rebirth at the moment. I seen him in going back to Timothy. I seen him in um, me, me, mum, me, nan <laughs> went to see see um, Little Women. Oh yeah, when it came out, um, and he's very good in that film. Um, he's obviously great in Lady Bird as well. Mm. That's a good film. He's in um, that uh, Call Me by Your Name, on he? And he's in a Netflix film called The King, which yeah. I don't think a lot of people have seen, but it he's absolutely good, fantastic film. Good? Yeah, brilliant. He's due to play. He's due for the um, June, the remake of June yes, and by the, Denise Villeneuve. The preliminary photos look unbelievable. And they look fantastic, don't they? I'm um, for that. There's a, there's a mad seagull just going off on money. I know, ignore the um, seagull. Like. But, but he's got this, this film coming out at um, the end of the year called The French Dispatch. I think we, we've seen the trailer, haven't we? Or there's we like, have, the trailer's out. And you just, it's just the classic it, it's, sort of Wes Anderson. It's just Wes, expect. isn't like, it? Here's per- a perfectly shot trailer for yeah. example you look at the scenes in The Shining like Stanley Kubrick was very much into his symmetry and you look at them bits in The Shining going down the corridors and that main room um, it's just perfectly symmetrical um, and that's like sort of the same thing Wes Anderson's doing um, the cast the where cast do we start what I'm going to do is for this because there's that many people in it if you've ever seen the DVD cover yeah. it's just faces so I'm going to have to actually pull up yeah. uh, the cast list for it so yeah. Um, Ray Fiennes, aka yeah. Voldy, yeah. runs the show. With um, just go, just run through the cast, just like just literally just go. It, so what's it's the kid's name in it? It's little Hellboy. We'll do him last. He's called Zero. Uh, his real name's Tony Revolori. Don't know who that is. So just read just read the okay. cast out. Right. So go. we've got Ray Fiennes. Yeah. F. Murray Abraham. Yeah. Uh, Adrian Brody. Yeah. Willem Dafoe. Yeah. Bloody Jeff Goldblum's in there. The G. Um, Harvey Keitel, yeah. Jude Law, Bill Murray, Edward Norton, Shersey Ronan, 
Jason Schwartzman, Leah Seydu. What's her name? French name from the we'll Bond films. We'll go with it. We'll work Tilda with Swinton. Um, Owen Wilson. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're getting into the B list now, so I'll leave it there. <laughs> Owen Wilson. It's just like everyone. I mean, like for a film, I've given a nine out of ten, and for Evan Wilson to be in it, you know, it's good. <laughs> wow! 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 But yeah, he's got that sort of mix of uh, actors he always goes back to, yeah. particularly Bill Murray. Yeah. Um, Willem Dafoe's in his new film. Owen Wilson's in every film I think he's done. I think Owen Wilson is his Michael Caine, where he's just. I mean, Owen Wilson's in every film anyone's ever done because because <laughs> because Wes takes about nine years to do a film Owen Wilson's have to start doing DF, DFS commercials just to get a paycheck <laughs> but uh, <laughs> he's just waiting around for the next Wes film the yeah, story and the plot for that film it's just a really satisfying film it's I mean absolutely hilarious to be honest we haven't talked that much about the uh, the film but it I feel like it's one of them you've really got to delve into it definitely like, there's bits like the the way they film the sequences there's a bit where Ray finds and the supporting character on a train and what he did was they <laughs> built a temporary train track no. and they pushed one one room of a carriage along a train track so no. the background was actually real and then there's all the soldiers like come into frame in the window of the carriage but they pushed the other people pushing it like that's and it's the, a real shot oh yeah yeah what you, you'd think it'd just be green screen and the people come in or like it would be like an actual i don't know but he's yeah. outrageous isn't he he is outrageous. He's just outrageous, as he's always. He's a bad man. The The cast is fantastic, as Adam said. Ray Fiennes, is, I think, is one of his best performances I've ever seen. I think he, he sort of, like, sort of... I've only seen him do one comedy role before, and that was um, in Bruges, and he yes. was really, really good in that. But I think he just comes to the fore in this film, is that he's, like, he's absolutely fantastic. He's just so funny. He's a, he's, a, he's a great actor. I don't think we give Granville the best that much justice, to be honest. It's we didn't give it justice, fantastic. but like I said, it's one of them. You need to sit down and watch you it. You need to really go into Do it. Do yourself a favour. It's 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 an hour discussion on its own. I yeah. just think I don't really want to get into stuff like I mentioned that shot with the train, but that's like literally a twenty second sequence. It's just fun. I I, I love how funny it is. It's just yeah. absolutely hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Um, to get that level of comedy, the bit where. Um, He's standing in the middle of like the the hotel, and the police come in and yeah. say, um, "You, you've so and so has been murdered, and you think I am the murderer." And then he just <laughs> runs off, <laughs> and it's like a long pause, and he yeah, goes, yeah. "Wait, wait. <laughs> hold on!" <laughs> and they just start running after him. It's uh, so funny. Yeah, no, it, it is. It's actually like it's not advertised as a comedy. It's to not. be honest, I don't know where it would fall under, like. A drama Warner, comedy yeah. a dramedy <laughs> <laughs> but to get that level of um, comedy and amazing. to get it right like Absolutely if there's no amazing. jokes to fall flat in that film yeah it's uh, yeah. It, like hits everyone but yeah. the level of detail in every aspect of production it's fantastic it's unbelievable yeah. he's, a, he's a real perfectionist and uh, recommend all of his films 100% next film on the list is Martin Scorsese's The Wolf of Wall Street mm. him teaming back up with Leonardo DiCaprio it tells the story. <laughs> He's laughing at me because we have a few bebs. Yeah, carry on, carry on. It tells the story of Jordan Belfort, um, the stockbroker on Wall Street, obviously, who um, ended up being arrested for various crimes relating to yeah. stock fraud and stuff like that. Yeah. This is Martin Scorsese entering the twentieth first 
century okay. in a way. This is yeah, him. Yeah, 100%. This is him breaking the shackles. Not the shackles. This is him breaking his stigma of being he's he's a one trick pony in the sense that he just does um, his yeah, gangster films yeah. and that he's he just he's just interested in like the classic cinema and stuff like that. Yeah. This is a this is a very it uses a lot of new technology. It uses a lot of new sorts of filmmaking techniques. For it, it cast bloody, he cast bloody Jonah Hill in a supporting role. Yeah. So he's obviously looking at the uh, the current trend to see how, yeah. how to market this yeah. film. He, it's him entering the twenty first century, and it's absolutely fantastic. This film, it's it's funny. It's it's epic i'd say it's epic it's it's a it's a huge film it's about three and a half hours long mm. um but it flies by this yeah. this this life this this man's life is just absolutely extraordinary leonardo DiCaprio just gives the performance yeah of uh, his I lifetime mean, the, the fact he didn't get an oscar for this oh like who did get the oscar for this 2014 well it's, it's a tough one i don't know what year this I think it was Matthew. It came out in um, 13 in the US, 14 yeah. over here. So, yeah. But the fact that he didn't win the performance, that scene alone where he's off his tits trying to get out <laughs> of the car, like, no one else is doing that. There's like. so many memes that came out of this film. There's the, um, I'm not fucking leaving. Yeah. There's, there's the, um, <laughs> where he's on drugs. It's it's just a wow. It's fantastic yeah. film. I think, go on. You don't... When you watch this film, at times it feels like it's directed by someone who's like in their twenties and thirties. You don't expect it to be directed by Miles Scorsese. Exactly. He's, he's in his late seventies at this yeah. point, and he's just like, he, I think he throws himself into it in the sense yeah, yeah. that he's he's just fully invested in that world. Yeah. Um, it's just fantastic film. Honestly, I feel like it's it, the direction of it's fantastic. The acting's amazing. It, it's it's fantastic, mate. Honestly, you said this is like Martin Scorsese entering the twenty first yeah, century, yeah. like he did the Departed, but that's still very attached to his like. It's old what he knows. Themes like it's a gangster film. It's he what he knows. Yeah. The, the thing is, he doesn't address like modern things within society, no. and he also doesn't address modern things within filmmaking. Yeah. So, not that I'm saying this is a good thing or not, but like these days, the amount of nudity in films. It's excessive to the point where it doesn't add anything to like narrative, yeah, or yeah. it's primarily there for drawing people in to watch the film. Yeah, I don't recall seeing a Martin Scorsese film with as much nudity <laughs> and sex as The Wolf of Wall Street. Like, he must have had a fucking ball, mate, making this film. Dirty um, pave. But like the, the, the way he's, he's jumped into uh, modern conventions of filmmaking, it, and that's why it's so commercially successful. It is. Like yeah. people our age really can get into his old films like yeah. they've got the original audience for like goodfellas and yeah casino like late 80s early 90s stuff but these days a lot of people won't know them films no and what he's done is he's gone right what do people like sex and drugs okay yeah. here's this book let's turn it into a film yeah. and he's taken his original style of filmmaking I... with, with a big like three hour epic and he's thrown in things that will attract the modern audience but he still made a fantastic film. I love the um, uh, if you the trailer for this film. I think sums up what we're trying to say is that the trailer for this film is accompanied by a Kanye West song, mm. which 
if you follow Martin Scorsese, he's a massive Beatles and he's a huge Rolling Stones fan. Like he's done, guy, he's yeah. done a, he's done documentaries on the Rolling Stones on um, Bob Dylan. He, he loves that sort of like that that, that sort of genre. He's Kanye very much West, in his own age, Kanye West, he? you would not. He's he's so left of field of Kanye West, you wouldn't believe. Yet he identifies that this sort of film will fit this sort of genre of person. He's seventy years old, and he just <laughs> he, he just nails it on that. Have you seen the pictures of him on set? And like yeah, behind the scenes, they're like all just like that sex scene between oh my Leonardo DiCaprio and Margot Robbie, and he's just there like, oh, can you just do this? Can you and just do that? Yeah, yeah, and he's like framing it and everything like that, and he's like, just like, he's I'm in a sex scene at the moment. He's like but traditional. Says he's framing it <laughs> exactly. Like, imagine that. Like, it's unbelievable. Like, I don't know what Margot Robbie was in before this, but yeah, no, this is her first big role, and I feel like. She must have been thinking like, "Oh, I don't have to do the traditional like, yeah. like, like a lot of actors have had to do. They've had to do these like CD scenes, yeah, and then like get for bigger parts." She's like, "Oh, my first big scene is a sex scene, yeah, with Leonardo DiCaprio, yeah, directed by Scorsese. Scorsese. You know, you you know, you're in the money then, yeah, absolutely fantastic. She, she's yeah, unreal in this film. She's a fantastic. She so in New York it, accent in New York, is it's unreal, and that's why obviously she goes on to become Harley Quinn, yeah. Um, the cast, the cast of this film, we haven't even touched upon the oh cast. Yeah, you of this need film. to go back to your old. It's uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. The Mahon, which the, is the Mahonnaissance. It's so I'll, I'll come to Mahonnaissance. <laughs> it's Leonardo DiCaprio in probably his best role that he's ever played. It's Jonah Hill breaking his convention of being a comedy actor. He is the com- he is the the relief for this film, the comedic relief for this film. Yeah. But he's absolutely he's fantastic in this film, Jonah Hill. Um, uh, there's John Bernhall. What's his name? The Punisher. Oh yeah, he plays He's one of the, the sort of drug the, runners, doesn't he? All his little like Weasley friends—they're all like well-known, like yeah. you've seen them in TV sort of thing actors. Yeah. But because they're in a Martin Scorsese film, they all bring their A game. He, he's that sort of director, Martin Scorsese, where yeah. everyone who works for him, they just go that bit more. Jonah Hill just just goes into it like he just throws himself. He's, he's unreal in this. He's fantastic. He's, but he's unbelievable. Going back to what you said, Margot Robbie. Absolutely fantastic breakout role. It's the reason she's this big Hollywood actress now. I think is that definitely she's given this platform and she just runs with it. She's absolutely fantastic in this film. Joanne Lumley's weirdly in this film <laughs> as, so as, weird, as the auntie. She's got um, like a lot of screen time. She does. Well. She does. She it's, has about just, a twenty minutes slot. It's, <laughs> it's 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 just classic Martin Scorsese. However, he's just slightly twerked him. Twerked himself. Twerked. <laughs> <laughs> Twerked. <laughs> He's just slightly tweaked himself yeah. to. <laughs> I just got an image of Martin Scorsese twerk. Mate, that's your fantasy, though. <laughs> He's slightly tweaked himself to, um, to a new to an audience that yeah. wouldn't really know his past work, and I think on the He's back of this film he's opened the door to all his old work for a new audience yeah. and I just love I that I feel like it's affected maybe the decision later on to put The Irishman on Netflix mm. as well and go with that Absolutely. sort of and his next film apparently is going to Apple TV there you go mate he knows what he's doing doesn't he but yeah I feel like he's he's taken that original storytelling he does so yeah. well of um, and he's just giving it to a new these, audience like, these stories that span years yeah and like these like lavish lifestyles yeah. and stuff like he's done it with Casino but like oh back in the 80s God, and 90s casino, mate, you mate. can't you can't like sort of portray that amount of wealth no 
And then Wolf of Wall Street, he was like, I've got the best source material ever. Let's get a million yachts and go to town. It's, it's unbelievable. Fantastic. And yeah, I couldn't think of anyone. I think I don't know than, anyone than who's watched yacht. Wolf of Wall Street and hasn't enjoyed Wolf of exactly. Wall Street. It's just fantastic. I feel like he sort of take, took a risk making that film and like breaking that boundary that he's, he hasn't mm. done before. And yeah. Belted it out the park, mate. Hit it well out the park. Love it. Wolf of Wall Street. Universally in the top five. Right, let's get to the last one to discuss. Whiplash. Whiplash. I'll put my neck on the line here and say one of the best films I've ever seen. Easily. To I'm not disagreeing with you. I think it's unbelievable, but the same things I like more about this film than others. There's there's one thing I'll say about this film, and it is the sound and yep. the editing. Exactly right. Yeah. And I think it is probably one of the greatest films ever sound edited and the the best the mix of yeah like the sound that the way he's the way they I'll tell you so we'll tell you about the film first so it's about a jazz musician Mm -hmm. um, played by Miles Teller who is in some sort of like university isn't he yeah like a college under this under this very um, respected and very um, insanely strict insanely strict teacher played by J.K. Simmons. Which, speaking of revivals, it's put a bit of a theme in this episode. We'll come on to J.K. Simmons in a minute. He is... He's a jazz drummer. So he's a jazz drummer. And it basically tells a story of trying to become... Uh, really trying to trying to wants, trying to hone trying to become the best in his craft. Basically, yeah, he wants, trying to, he wants to be the number that. one drummer in the band. And um, but it's it tells that story. So there's a lot of music, there's a lot of sound, um, and a lot of editing. Obviously, because they're playing instruments, it's absolutely insane how they how they done the editing for this film in line, in line it, with the music. It, I think it, it won the Oscar, didn't it? Surely. Easily, easily. Like, it, should, it should win every Oscar. Ninety nine percent sure it won all like the editing. <laughs> it should just be nominated for every Oscar for sound design. It's just <laughs> absolutely insane. Um, Miles Teller, I don't really like Miles Teller as an actor. I see, very I see him as miss. a bit of a a, 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 a poor man's Ansel Elgort. Yeah, he's he's very he's very. Because <laughs> I like Baby Driver so much. He's very um, he's like hot. He wants to be Shia LaBeouf, but he doesn't want to go full Shia LaBeouf right now. Um, I can see him in like two years time going full Shia yeah, LaBeouf, yeah. but um, he's insane I don't this. really. He's insane in this. Yeah, yeah. He is fantastic in this, and I think he's only fantastic in this because of his um his co actor, um. Which is, as we touched on before, J.K. Simmons famously played um, J. Jonah Jameson in the Sam Raimi Spider-Man films. Uh-huh. Um, and just, just if you can't, if you can't figure out who we're talking about from that basis, yeah, he's, he's the newspaper guy from the original Spider-Man films. He's fantastic. He's he is so brutal. He is. Scary. He's intimidating. He's in. Yeah, he's absolutely (laughs) hanging. He's ripped. Um, He's he's, he's just so aggressive, isn't he? He's He's unbelievable in this film, and he does he does it so much justice. And I think what you said, like about like how good Miles Teller is in the film. Mm. Without J.K. Simmons, this film would lose. Yeah, serious. He's given. He's given something, and he just. I think he runs with it. Yeah, he's not. Um, he's, the, he's the supporting character as well. I know, but he's the and main he, event. He fucking carries it, mate. He's the main event. That scene when that trombone player's out of tune, mate, and he calls him like a fat fuck yeah. and like literally ruins his life. The, the bit, 
so there's a bit where he, he um so he sort of starts prevent befriending Miles Teller and sort of putting his arm around him. And there's a bit where he's so Miles Teller's just playing the drums and then he lets him play it a bit more after like going back and saying not quite my tempo and stuff. Yeah, yeah. He lets him play on and then he just throws a chair at his head, <laughs> launches a chair, and then everyone's just looking at him in shock and he goes why do you think I just threw a chair at your head? <laughs> and he's like, because I'm not in tempo. And then he got, runs over to him and just yeah. starts slapping him in the face and, yeah. and then says, was I rushing like, or was I dragging? And he's yeah. like, I don't know. He's like, well, let's go again. Yeah, <laughs> one, yeah. two, three, four, slap. One, two, it's it's, it's sort of that. Um, it's the insights. Like It reminds me a lot of um, Darren Aronofsky. Aronofsky. Aronofsky's films. Especially like Black Swan and the That's wrestler. Exactly what I was where gonna say. It's just like it's someone who's trying to master his craft. It's, it's top tier of art. So it's like if you're not literally in the top one percent, yeah. then why are you here? Exactly, yeah. And it's so brutal. Like yeah. like he's his hands are bleeding. It opens you up into a world like, that you don't realise is there. His drum kit's like fucking covered in blood Mate. from the the amounts he's playing mm. and literally like Without spoiling it, it takes a very, very long time for him to get things right. Yeah. And he's an insane drummer. Yeah. I'm not sure to what extent Miles Teller learned to play the drums in the film. No, he did. Fully lit. Um, um, he's, he, but there's, in, in there's, that instance... There's an interview I think he did and there's a drum set and he just jumps on yeah. the drum set and just like absolutely... As, like, a, as a very amateur it. musician, <laughs> I'd say to learn an instrument, particularly to play jazz is ridiculous mm. it's one of the most complicated yeah. music genres particularly for its time frame yeah. and you'll notice that when you listen like it, the beat is very sort of like off like it's uh, yeah. it's not even um yeah i, di- I didn't know the, the the extent of what he, he actually learned drums honestly. and obviously jk simmons had to i think jk simmons spent two months in that sort of environment of a college to, and to stuff sort of like just get, to sort of get himself into that get his, uh, frame of mind Damien Chazelle, it's his first feature film. Yep. Which what is a film to just like ridiculous. announce yourself. He got best director, I think, didn't he? I think he did. I hope um, he did. I think he did, yeah. Um obviously he then followed it up with La La Land, which Unbelievable. Um did win the Oscar and then didn't mm. win the Oscar. Um, Ryan Gosling's face. Ryan Gosling's face amazing. <laughs> but it's a great film, La La Land. Yeah. Um I have recently watched it. I think you recommended it to me. And yeah, I've only seen it the once in the cinema and I thought it was on, good. on a lot of levels it 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 like it yeah. got to me not really my cup of tea but yeah, I thought yeah, it was really really good I'll, I'll rewatch um, it soon I have seen the Ryan he done another film with Ryan Gosling about um, Neil Armstrong First Man The First Man I yeah. have seen that and that was really really good um, well worth a watch yeah. I feel like uh, this guy Damien Chazelle he burst into the scene he's so young smashed it on his first film he sort of like I know he's not the same sort of storyteller as Homer Bottom compare him to, but yeah. I feel like he's going to be a sort of Tarantino figure in the industry mm. where every film he, he sort of creates he's is definitely, very very good. Definitely a sort of throwback vibe to that yeah. studio era directors in the forties and the fifties. Just like every film is just a completely original musical story he, and stuff he, like that. And I don't know about First Man, but he's he he wrote both. Whiplash and La yeah. La Land yeah. himself. I don't think he wrote First Man. I think he yeah, adapted but, it. Yeah, um, he's a he's a genius. He really good, is. He's very a very, very clever director. Um, right. Whiplash though. Well, oh yeah. If you haven't seen it, 
see, I know we said it's about a <laughs> lot of films. You've seen it. Like, fucking pull yourself like, together and watch it. I know we, yeah, I know we say like every film, please go and watch it. Whiplash, literally pay, pay to watch it. Mm. Like if it's on Amazon and yeah, it's yeah. like three pounds something, yeah, yeah. pay that three pounds to watch it. I mention a lot about how I don't like you pay for Prime and still have to yeah. buy films from Amazon. But if that's the case, for you Whiplash, need to watch that film. Yeah, I'd pay 20 quid just to watch it. It's amazing. It's unbelievable. Um, right, we've discussed a lot of films here <laughs> in the sun with a few beers. It's gone on a bit. I'm burnt. <laughs> like, Joe, you know when you can feel yourself turning to Mr. Krabs, that's that's how I that's how I feel right now. I feel like Zoeberg or Futurama. Oh mate, oh mate, that's not good. Nah, it's not. We need to pick one each, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah one each, yeah. <laughs> We've had a few. Um, this is difficult because I think I said I said this to you before recording, um, and I've, I've already mentioned it. There's like a few films I give a ten out of ten. Yeah, inter- I, Interstellar. I can't, I can't decide if I want to carry it forward. Interstellar for you, you. I think you like you put it on such a pedestal that to, if you well, pick something else here now, yeah, I'm gonna have to. Yeah. Well, there we go. Yeah, th- there's mine. Interstellar. <laughs> Forced you into picking your Very, choice. very closely followed by Chef. Chef, really? Oh, yeah. Ooh. Oh, yeah. I'll go... Uh, I'll break trends and I won't go I won't go with Marty's film. You're not, you're not picking Marty? No. Oh, mate. Um, as much as I absolutely adore Wolf of Wall Street, yeah, um, yeah. I could watch it easily yeah, yeah. This, the, on repeat. This is like a top... A top, uh, this is a top 10 Marvel situation. Like, oh, it's easily. They're all very close. Um, I'm going to go Whiplash. Yeah? yeah? Nice. No, no, I'm up for that. I'm going to go Whiplash. But, but again, Wolf of Wall Street is literally just holding Whiplash's those, ankle. I think those those top five, six films we sort of discussed, unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and even the ones we talked about before that. Yeah. It was a fantastic year for film. It was. Absolutely. A lot of original storytelling, a lot of new... Um, directors yeah a lot of boundaries have been broken um but yeah i enjoyed that i enjoyed that as well a bit pissed but a bit i enjoyed pissed, it but, we're, <laughs> but we got there in the end yeah um, if you've listened thanks very much we probably should have told you at the start to have a few beers that was the alfresco that was the alfresco episode of this and to be honest we're gonna we're gonna alfresco the shit oh, out of this mate. podcast down the park next week <laughs> <laughs> We're just gonna go to different parks every week and yeah, just like yeah. podcast. Um cool. until Boris lets us all free. Mm. Mm. Um right. well, we're going on a bit of a rant here. Anyway, yeah, we're ended. I've gone into Stella, Jake's gone Whiplash, two unbelievable films. Um we'll come on to twenty fifteen soon. But um we're almost halfway through the decade. Yep. We're making tracks. We're gonna have to pick an ultimate film soon, but yeah. Uh thanks for listening. Cheers, Jake. Cheers, Adam. Always a pleasure. See you next week. Stay safe. Why do you suppose I just hurled a chair at your head, Neiman? I, I don't know. Sure you do. The tempo? Were you rushing or were you dragging? I, I don't know. Start counting. Five, six, seven. In four, five. damn it! Look at me! One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. No. Was I rushing or was I dragging? Count again. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Rushing or dragging? Rushing. So you do know the difference. If you deliberately sabotage my band, I will fuck you like a pig. Now, are you a rusher or are you a dragger 
or are you gonna be on my fucking time? I'm gonna be on your time. What does that say? Quarter note equals 215. Count me at 215. A one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. Jesus one, two, fucking three. Christ! I didn't know they allowed retards into Schaefer. Am I to understand that you cannot read tempo? Can you even fucking read music?